it's going to be okay. <laughs> uh, specifically in some of those times when I was so worried about uh, a concept we weren't getting, or maybe it was a relationship issue that was giving me a hard time. Now, as I look back on things, I just see how it was all, you know, all part of his purpose for how my children are going to turn out. And so I wish I would have had the ability to relax just a little bit more um, and just tell myself it's going to be okay. Welcome to Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology, a series of interviews with real-life homeschool moms, dads, and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents. I'm Amy Sloan, a second-generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. Today, I am joined by Mary Prather. Mary, thank you so much for being here with us. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me. Well, Mary believes that children flourish with good books, plenty of time to explore, consistency, discipline, and ample time for fun. Although she taught in the public schools for nearly 10 years, their family made the decision to start homeschooling when her oldest daughter was in the third grade. That daughter graduated from their homeschool and is now in college, and their son is currently being homeschooled through high school. Besides having a passion for encouraging homeschool moms, Mary also loves sharing her love for music. She teaches live online music appreciation lessons and has written a complete music appreciation curriculum, which you can find at squiltmusic.com. And you can also find her writing about many other homeschool topics at homegrownlearners.com. Well, Mary, could you start out by telling us a little bit about your family and your decision to homeschool all those years ago? Okay, well, that was a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Uh, you went over my family. Uh, my husband, Hal, and I have been married for 23 years, and we have two children. Uh, my daughter, Anna, is 18, and my son, Grant, is 15. And uh, we decided to homeschool when my daughter was in the third grade. And it really was a combination of many things. It had been on my heart since kindergarten. And I think it took me two and a half years to get up the courage to finally homeschool. But I just realized that I could do just as good a job, if not better, myself. And I also knew that I had a very uh, precocious little boy that was finishing preschool when he was four. And the thought of putting him into a public school kindergarten really made my heart hurt. Mm -hmm. I knew that he would be um, misunderstood. He would probably be frustrated and bored. And we were having such a good time at home learning, you know, after school hours that um, 
we just uh, packed my daughter's desk up Thanksgiving break and she came home on the bus with her backpack all stuffed full of everything from her desk. Oh my goodness. Yes. And we just, we never, ever looked back. I wasn't sure if it was going to be, you know, homeschooling for the long haul at that point. But I think probably after about the first six months, I knew that we had, you know, found the lifestyle that was going to work for us. So the transition from public school to homeschool was a pretty smooth one for you and mm. your kids? Mm. You know, I wouldn't say that it was smooth because my daughter, she was lonely at the beginning. You know, she was lonely um, for that, and I'll say it, for that socialization, but it was a socialization that she'd been conditioned towards, right? She missed um, seeing her bus driver. She missed seeing the custodian in, <laughs> mm -hmm. in the cafeteria. She missed her teachers. Um, and we didn't have a lot of um, friends that stuck with us through to homeschooling. So uh, we got a dog, and that really helped because um, the dog was her good friend. Uh, she joined a group of knitters and crocheters at our church that was mostly older ladies. And on Tuesday mornings, she would go and they taught her to crochet. It was very sweet. Um, so we found our way through those first about six months. You know, I know they say it takes about a month for every year they've been in school for them to get used to being at home. And that really, that seemed to hold true for us. So, you know, it wasn't totally smooth sailing, but nothing ever is. <laughs> right. Yes. Now, yes. you had a background in public education, right? Did you find that that was a help to you? Did it hinder you? Some of both? or? Mm, I think probably some of both, but initially it did uh, hinder me because I thought we would stick to that school schedule I, you know, redid our bonus room. We even had up um, a, a calendar where we would do the weather and we would do, you know, the days of the week, all those things that I had observed and done in public school. And once I learned that I did not have to do it that way, that we could do what worked for us, then things got a lot easier. Um, now, I think the creativity and the flexibility that I learned through being a teacher, I think that definitely, you know, benefited me. You know, so all that training wasn't for nothing. <laughs> and you were actually um, music, you taught music or is that correct? I, I did, yes. I taught um, music um, for K through sixth graders. And I had also just finished my uh, master's degree in administration. So I was on my way to becoming an assistant principal and then just kind of <laughs> change well, course. I'm sure all that administration probably was very helpful just in the organization of all the different things that you have to deal with as a homeschool mom. Mm, yes, the multitasking part. Okay. Right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, how would you describe your family's kind of homeschool philosophy or personality? Right. Um, well, I'll preface it by saying that my husband and I are both type A. So we do like to be organized. When we started, I ordered a big box from Sunlight. And I always recommend that to people because that was a beautiful way for us to get started. It let me feel like I was checking off the necessary boxes, but it also showed me, you know, what a living book was, um, what narration was, you know, what dictation was. Beautiful things that allowed me then as I researched further to start developing my own philosophy. And my daughter is more of a Charlotte Mason type of learner. My son, he liked things a lot more structured. So we were classically eclectic. That's, you know, what I like to call it. And now that my daughter has graduated, I would say that we're fully classical homeschoolers. Oh, I love that the flexibility that we have as homeschoolers, not just to yeah. be our own unique family um, and figure out what works for us as a family unit, but then even to be able to have distinctions when you see one child's strengths and weaknesses and to be able to work your home education really individually for each child. It's one of right. my favorite things. Right. Mine too. And, and I think my biggest favorite thing is the permission that I've given myself to say, no, that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, the permission to be different and the permission to hop out of a system. And I hope that my kids feel comfortable being different. That to me is one of our biggest benefits. Yeah, I, so I'm a second generation homeschooler and I definitely see that as something, a true gift from my own education and upbringing. Like I never had sort of that idea that education had to look one particular way. And so for mm -hmm. me, it's very easy to say, you know, yeah, well, we're going to do something different. I don't have to fit into this particular system or box. Um, and that's something that I think will be even interesting to see as third generation and more second generation homeschoolers come along, the creativity and freedom that can come from that. Right. So did you ever, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to interview you for a second because I'm, I'm curious, <laughs> did you ever have the thought of sending your children to school or was that just a completely foreign concept? I had such a great homeschool experience um, mm -hmm. academically and the different creative and opportunities I had. It was a really wonderful experience. So I always knew I wanted to homeschool. Uh, my husband is also a second generation homeschooler. Excellent. I was homeschooled all the way through high school and he was homeschooled through the seventh grade and then went to public school eighth through 12th. Um, but even before we got married, as we were you know, getting to know each other, um, he wanted us, you know, he wanted his kids to be homeschooled too. So we talked about it even before we had children. Um, and I guess I sort of always thought maybe like, oh, well, you know, again, that sort of rebel streak in me. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be locked into homeschooling either. You know, like I kind of always had that. Well, you know, if the Lord had something different for us or if a child needed something different, you know, I would consider that. But the longer we've been doing this thing together, um, 
just the more I'm thankful and I see just how wonderful it is, not just for the family and for each child, but even as the siblings together. So my mm, oldest yes. is almost 15 and my youngest is almost five. And oh, to sweet. see the relationship that even they have together, I just, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Yeah, we, we're pretty much in it for the long haul as far as we can tell, God willing. Yes. Well, and you know, I love the sibling relationship is like you say, another one of those really big benefits. And even my son has in his friend group, he is the only person that is a youngest child. Mm. Everyone else is an oldest child. So it's like he has all these little siblings too. And I just love to see how he gravitates towards younger children. He can relate to them so easily. It's like age isn't a factor anymore with who you're going to hang out with or who you can relate to. Yes. And I know that that's not something that just happens with homeschoolers, but in my personal experience, both, you know, my own homeschool background, my kids and interacting with other families, that is something that's really unique that I see, you know, young people, especially mm -hmm. as you start looking at like tweens and teens who are able to interact with adults in a mature way, able to goof right. off and have fun with their peers and also be able to just wholeheartedly play with small children without feeling self-conscious. Um, and I think that's right. a real gift of sort of the, the multi-age education that we're providing as homeschoolers. And it helps bust that teenager myth too, I right. think. You know, I'll, I'll tell my kids, I'm like, you, you don't have to be a teenager <laughs> in the sense that the world calls you a teenager. I'm like, they're assuming so little from you. You don't have to be like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then it's sort of like, well, we're all sinners. <laughs> so that's we, right. Even mom and dad, you know, sometimes I'm acting like a teenager, you right. know, and I'm in my mid 30s. Or a toddler. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. 100%. <laughs> who is the one who's having the temper tantrum today? Yes. It might be me, not the little guy. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, Mary, from this sort of side, you've graduated one of your children. Congratulations, by the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've gone through a lot of those early years already with your youngest. If you could go back and talk to your new homeschool mom self and sort of share your wisdom from your current homeschool mom self, what would you right. tell her? Uh, it's going to be okay. <laughs> uh, specifically in some of those times when I was so worried about uh, a concept we weren't getting, or maybe it was a relationship issue that was giving me a hard time. Now, as I look back on things, I just see how it was all, you know, all part of his purpose for how my children are going to turn out. And so I wish I would have had the ability to relax just a little bit more um, and just tell myself it's going to be okay. Well, if you've been around here for any length of time, you know how much I love including poetry and other beautiful memory work in our family's homeschool day. But if you've wondered what are the best 
morning time poems to include while I have a free printable for you. Head to humilityanddoxology.com slash 100 morning time poems and you'll get to download a list of 100 of my favorites. And then be sure to come back and let me know which ones your family has enjoyed. Just enjoy today for what it is. Don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think especially with my oldest, it was, it. well, it is even now still easy, but certainly as I look back, I see how the smallest thing would take on sort of epic proportions in my mind, whether it was like a particular oh parenting interaction or same thing, like, oh no, you're not getting this particular thing right now. Um, and it would, all of a sudden, I would be like, and in 20 years, they're not going to be able to do this, and they'll probably be in jail, and, you know, you just create this right. crazy future, instead of having that perspective of, this is just today, it's a moment um, to continue to persevere and trust God for the future, because I can't control that. Right, and I think, you know, the, the big things that are going to matter for our kids aren't things that we can quantify in our homeschools. You know, like when my daughter's professor says, where did you learn how to communicate? You're a very good communicator. That's something that, you know, it was just perseverance all those years. It wasn't one particular curriculum or one particular method. Right. You know, it, it was just incremental steps over time. So, I, yeah, we can't quantify what we do as homeschool moms. We can't measure it. And I think for some people, like type A people, that's sometimes difficult. <laughs> yeah, you can't measure relationship, for no. instance, but that is no. so important, and that's at the heart of what we're doing. Right, right. Well, pivoting gears a little bit here, um, one of the things that our family has really enjoyed is your the wonderful resources you've provided at Squilt with music education. So for anyone who's not familiar with that curriculum or what Squilt stands for, can you tell right. us a little bit about that and, and how you kind of started that? Okay, well, um, Squilt stands for Super Quiet Uninterrupted Listening Time. I had a little guy come up to me a couple weeks ago at our CC group, and he said, I just love having super quiet, uninteresting listening time with you. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so innocent about it. I, he didn't even realize it, but it is super, super quiet, uninterrupted listening time. And I did this um, when I was a music teacher in schools, and we would take the last five minutes of a class we would put on a beautiful piece of music and I would say it's quilt time. And everybody could just lay down anywhere they wanted in the room. And the only requirement was close your eyes and listen. And we kept a repertoire list for each class of all the music that they had listened to over a year. And it was a beautiful gift for them. And you know, it also very practically got them very quiet when they went to line up to leave my class too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then, you know, as kids got older in my class, we would expand that time. And I would tell them, okay, so let's maybe listen for different instruments this time. Or maybe let's listen to the speed of the music, the tempo, 
listen for dynamics. So I started teaching them about the elements of music during that. So then fast forward when I'm homeschooling and there wasn't um, a lot of music education resources out there available to homeschoolers. So I started Squilt right about the same time my friend Trisha was starting um, Chalk Pastels. We went to a retreat together and on our 10 hour drive together to Atlanta on the way home, we made a goal of publishing our first curriculum piece by a certain date. Wow. And we held each other to that goal. Yes, yes, I, just, I love Trisha. And um, that's how it started. Um, so now we still offer those same traditional PDF volumes, but we've also added the live classes too, because my heart really lies in teaching children and in interacting with children. And I found there was a lot of moms that just didn't feel comfortable teaching music or wanted to learn about it themselves. So I get a lot of families that are learning together about beautiful music. Um, so Squilt has really expanded from this little four box notebooking sheet um, to just so much more. And it's been really exciting to work on. Well, I know that across many ages, kind of going back to what we talked about before, the multi-age thing, all of my kids enjoy when we sit down and listen. And I remember one time we were listening to one of the pieces doing, I can't remember, uh, which particular one we were doing from your program, but I had, I think my seven-year-old was drawing and sketching and she said, this music just sounds very yellow to me. <laughs> and so it's teaching them to really listen and think um, about the music in a, in a new way. Yes. So. yes, I think so. And I think, you know, and I'll always tell my kids, we might listen to a style of music or a piece that you don't like so much, you know, that doesn't strike your fancy, but can you say, I appreciate this, and this is why I appreciate it. And I said, that's a sign of an educated person. And when you can express your thoughts like that, that's a sign of being an educated and sensitive person. So hopefully, you know, beyond music, they're also learning the habit of attention um, they're learning to appreciate what other people, what other musicians do. Uh, I think there are so many other benefits beside just the music. Yeah, well, talk to me a little bit more about that. What, why, if someone's kind of wondering, I have a full schedule, you know, we have all these things I'm trying to fit in, mm -hmm. why should I include music study mm -hmm. in my homeschool? And you mentioned a, a few things of value there, but what would you say to that mom? Uh, I think, you know, I would say music is the perfect way sometimes to sneak a lot of learning about a lot of things in the back door. If a mom writes to me and says, you know, I don't feel like I have time, but I know that music is important, where should I start? I will ask them where they're at in their history studies. And I'll say, okay, let's coordinate with your history studies. Um, so if you're maybe studying, oh goodness, like turn of the century, like early 1900s, 
I'll say, okay, let's start with our modern era. And as we are learning about different composers, maybe like Aaron Copeland or Scott Joplin, we're also learning about history at the same time. So that's my biggest selling point, you know, about why you should include music. And also, I think music makes everything a lot um, easier. It makes our kids happy. And if you're giving them something that they enjoy and that they love and that they cling to, it's going to make the rest of your day go a little bit easier. A lot of times I recommend doing short squilt lessons during your morning time because it can just, you know, set the mood for the rest of your day. Yeah, that is wonderful. Do you think that it's best to do this kind of music study like every day or do you encourage people to try it like once a week or does it sort of depend on the family or? Well, yes, I like to tell people um, that all of our curriculum is um, very open-ended as far as how much or how little you want to do of it. Uh, recently, our monthly listening calendars have become very popular, and that's giving kids just maybe three or four minutes every day of listening, and maybe talking about one or two things in the piece, but just leaving it at that. That's a perfect introduction. Then if you have some more time, maybe you want to come and try the live lessons, or if you're working through the PDF volumes on your own, I'll say, okay, once or twice a week is good. It's really up to you uh, how much time you feel you want to give it. Normally what happens is kids will get hooked on a particular piece or a particular era, and they will want to keep on going. And that's ideally what I want to see happen. Yeah, we're really developing their, their love and appreciation for something they didn't even know yes. they were going to love. Yeah, I love that. That's right. That's right. Exactly. I mean, now we're doing, um, in April, we're going to be talking about ballet. And so we're doing the story of Romeo and Juliet. And one of my students said, oh, I know Romeo and Juliet is a lot like West Side Story. Are you going to talk about the dancing in West Side Story? And I thought, oh. Okay, there are so many connections there. I, I don't even, you know, know where to start. But the fact that this sixth grader, you know, had his mom email me and ask me all this is just thrilling. <laughs> that is awesome. That is fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Mary, thank you so much for taking time in your afternoon to chat with me today. I know that this will be an encouragement to a lot of moms. If they want to come and find you online, where are the best places that they can find you? Well, probably the two best places, uh, they can go to squiltmusic.com and also homegrownlearners.com. And from there, you know, that'll farm you out to Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and all these other places. But squiltmusic.com, homegrownlearners.com. And I like to tell parents that I can be your personal music appreciation consultant. So if you don't know where to start or if you need a plan, just email me um, and I'll work with you with what we have, you know, to put you on a track that works well for you. Oh, that is fantastic. And I will have all of those links um, at the, in the show notes for this interview. And that will be at humilityanddoxology.com.
Thanks for listening in on this week's Homeschool Conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com slash homeschool conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving, relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.